Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Warm up your fall weekends every Friday this month at Fridays at the Fountain in Crystal City with delicious beer and wine offerings and live entertainment. You can get all the details at crystalcity.org. And we have to share our newest sponsor, DC Lottery. A luxury handbag? Sign me up. You could win up to $10,000 or a fabulous luxury handbag from DC Lottery. Just pick up one of their scratchers. Go to your local DC Lottery retailer. Ask for the scratcher that looks like a handbag. DC Lottery, where lots of people win. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Song is on. Oh, no, we do, we do every time. And by the way, 
and that song, you know, we ought to have them, because uh, Teddy Beats, actually, our friend who composed that. I love him. He reached out to me recently, and he's like, hey, you know, do you want to bring back, like, any of the old songs, and I can do some remixes with Paul? I was like, yeah, we got it, because people love the uh, the intro music. I mean, I just came from the gym, but there is nothing like working it out mm. to that song. Dun. I love it. You guys, welcome to the Hey Frage podcast oh with Paul so Wharton. The excited to be here. Fabulous Paul Wharton. Uh, we are, too. We do a, a weekly pop culture podcast every week. We put it out on Wednesdays. We're obsessed with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, if you love the show and you listen to podcasts, we are doing an ongoing survey. It's super quick. It's like six questions. So in the body of this description that you'll see on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, there's a link for Lipson.com. Copy mm-hmm. and paste that and then give us some feedback because we would love to hear from you. Oh, I love and I love to get emails. And we love getting emails. There's mm-hmm. so many. We always, you can always email us. It's paulwartonstyle at yahoo.com and sarah at heyfrage.com. So always you can email us. And of course, today, like every week, we have a smorgasbord <laughs> of topics to discuss. Smorgasbord. <laughs> smorgasbord. But you were in New York last week. Oh my so God, I was. AJ the intern filled in for you. Uh, and the Sunday before that, we had your fabulous 40th birthday party. Many, many listeners have wished you happy 40th. They want to know how you're doing. So now, you know, post two weeks, are you feeling good? How's life? I just started to feel like myself this morning, to be honest Mm. with you. Just this morning. Why? Because so much partying? Well, for one thing, yeah. For one thing, you know, I'm like, you know how you usually at 40, you've learned all your lessons and you're like, you know, I'm not going to do that. Well, I hadn't learned yet. So, I mean, I was still kind of hungover from that whole week. Oh my God. You were in your element though at your party. You were like loving. Yes. You were having such a good time. You were on the microphone singing. You were getting all the women to do some sort of, I don't even know what it was. It was like a mix of. We were doing the butt. Ah, sexy, sexy. Ah, ah. That was your first time doing the butt. (laughs) You're from DC. I know. It was my first time doing the the butt. All night long. <laughs> but you were up there, though. I loved it. We had such a great time. It was oh, such a great, a great party. Time. Yeah, shout out to uh, Tom at Hogo for my little tiki party. That was great. And oh, Jim man. Beam for my tiki teenies. It was hysterical. And, you know, people that come to your party, the people watching alone is, like, the best part. Like, I loved your friend. I don't even know who he is, but he wears sunglasses inside the entire time. Darnell. Darnell. That's Darnell Perkins. And the fabulous jacket. <laughs> Darnell Perkins went to the bar, and he was, like... The bartender was running around ragged, and Darnell yes. was like, are you going to get me a drink? Exactly. Are you getting me a drink? Oh, my God. I was like, um, sir, I think, you know, I, I know you're here, and you are fabulous. There's no <laughs> doubt. But there are five people ahead of you. And he was like, sir, sir, are you looking at me? <laughs> it's like, so I... I died. Darnell was my oh favorite. Oh my god! Well, the thing we about my parties, he's oh, a uh, character. He is amazing. He owned this place called Darnell's Lounge, and it was on uh, 944 Florida Avenue. Such a great party thrower. This guy is just amazing. He's so damn funny. He's like my Karen, you know, like on Will and Grace. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Because yes. he like helps me do stuff, but he doesn't like really want to work. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like too yeah, fabulous to yeah. work. Yeah, I could totally see that. And it was it was hysterical. So anyway, I don't know. But he was like so mad at that bartender. I think he went to like another bar downstairs or something. But I mean, it, but, and of course, you know, the party was loud. Yeah. So poor Darnell is like yelling at this guy <laughs> who's completely like high and such a hippie <laughs> and waiting on five other people people and the bartender did not give a shit and Darnell was like Lucy he's like sir sir I'm telling somebody about this and the guy I didn't know about any of this oh it was all I know is 
I'm the only person that I know that has a party at a dive bar, but everybody drinks like Cristal and Dom Perignon. Like, I know, and that was the other thing. I think like you had also a, a list up there or something, and I think it was like Viv Clouco or something you could buy for like seventy five dollars. Dan was like, "Are we supposed to buy these bottles?" Well, I was like, "No, honey." I well, think, this is the thing. I like, I bought all of these regular stuff for people, <laughs> but I have a lot of fancy friends. Mm-hmm. So what I did is. Um, uh, the bar owner let me sell it at cost. At cost. God, so, Cristal, so those were actually really great prices. 150 bucks for a Cristal. That's really good. <laughs> that is really good, actually. We didn't buy it, though. <laughs> anyway, well, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Oh, Everyone wish you a happy 40th. So we always like to start the show with a little bit of like a personal story or something mm-hmm. going on in our mm-hmm. lives. And then, of course, we got to get to all the biggest news and pop culture of the okay. week. So I'm dying because you and I were always de- yeah. already debating this okay. off. Uh, before we started over the weekend I went and had lunch with a very good friend of mine she's we worked in radio together she's a few years older and she has a daughter that's 15 okay. and so she had the situation her daughter is in high school like freshman in high school and so she hangs out with 10 girls and there's one girl who's the ringleader too who, big that's a lot of girls too many girls that's a lot well she hangs out with one girl well these 10 this group of 10 girls one mm-hmm. of them is the ringleader and is Absolutely, clearly a bully. Like, just this, you know, awful. Is she pretty? Well, my friend's daughter is, but I don't know about the ringleader. Okay. So, but, you know, they're just I'm just, just wondering like what's cute. making her so mean, but okay, I'll get to that. Oh, I think it's the parents, but anyway, All I don't right. I, but I don't even know them, but this mm-hmm. story just blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, what do you do? So anyhow, um, they were having a little fall dance, and this ringleader had told the 10 girls, none of us are going. So my friend's daughter comes home the night of the dance, and she goes, no, none of us are going, you know, so-and-so told us that we don't, you know, we don't have to go. And so... Um, That's the, a problem. I know. So my friend was like, okay, fine. The next day, my friend's daughter, 15, wakes up, and all over social media, all the girls had gone to the dance, and nobody had told her. Mm, I saw that one coming. You did? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. So my friend's daughter is heartbroken. Damn. And here's the dilemma. I'm dying to know your advice, because I was like, oh, my God, what do you do? So my friend said that a lot of other parents were like, you need to call the bully's mom, and you need to have a discussion with her parents. Like, that is not acceptable. That girl has treated your daughter and other kids like shit for a long time, and you need to say something. But then my friend is like, well, my daughter's 15, and I want her to learn to be assertive, so I want her to talk to the girl herself. So are these parents of some of the other girls that went saying No, this? no. I think it's like just like other friends in the neighborhood. All their asses need to be put on blast. Really? Listen, because the other girls kept it from her daughter as well. So they were all in on it. Yeah. I just think it's horrible. Now, you telling the story, you know, it's bringing up. I always have a story. Well, I know. I want to hear this. And it actually reminded me of a situation, too. So I want to hear. Well, I did. But mine was like way different. So mine was. I was really stupid, actually. But um, when I was in high school, I played basketball. Yeah. So for a long time, I dated the basketball coach's son. And then I dumped the basketball coach's son. And all of a sudden, I got no playtime. I was benched. So I went through the entire season living on the bench, right? And so at the end of the season, I was like, this is it. I am done with basketball. Like, clearly, he's, he's you know, this dad is holding a grudge mm-hmm. or whatever. And so my mom ended up going to him and telling him that why we weren't going to play, why I wasn't going to play. And I don't know. I always felt like I probably should have just said it myself. But mm. I was probably the same age like 15 well i think that this i mean just to answer your question about what this woman should do but i yeah what do you think i didn't even have advice because i'm like 
shit. I feel like, yeah, the mom should call. But then I'm like, you know what? This is a good lesson for the daughter. Because these kids are, these girls are not her friends. They're not going to be your friends in six years. Yeah, but when you're in high school, that's all all you think about mm. is this is what's happening now. This is my entire life. These people mean, you know, what they think about me is means so much to me. You know, the one thing that got me through high school is always knowing See, I had the exact opposite kind of thought. I felt like this is so temporary. If I can just get out of here, mm-hmm. I'm going to carry my ass to New York City. I'm going to make something at these losers that called, you know, that bullied me. Now, you know, yeah. they were mean. Exactly. They were mean kids. But I um, believe that the woman should actually say something to the parents. But you would call all the parents. I would call everybody. <laughs> Because I'm like, you you know, I I really would. Because I would say, you know, listen, my daughter is a friend of your daughter's. I don't know if you know this, but they all iced her out of this dance. And they all kept a secret. And and they all lied to her and said that they weren't going to go. And then they all went. And I just think it's mean-spirited. And if Mm. I was a parent, I would want to know that my kid did that. And I would wear his little ass out. (laughs) I would wear him out. No, really. (laughs) I don't think you'll ever raise a kid that's like a bully, though. Oh, hell no. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's why I think this girl that's a ringleader, I'm sure her parents are assholes. Like, I don't think you raise the kid I don't know I mean then I do have friends that have kids that kind of know that the kids are already like Mm -hmm. aggressive or Mm -hmm. kind of bullies and they're very aware of it so they're always you know on that kid's behavior so I think you're right I think you're right I think if I were the parent I would call because I think it's hard when you're 15 to go and stand up for, I think when you're 17 yeah. or 18, sure, yeah, sure. You, you should have your sea legs. Now, but. like what Hillary Clinton said, it does take a village. And I think a lot of people really believe in that because we all just want our kids to be nice people. We want them to go off and, you know, have a wonderful life. And there's no way that at 15 they can make all the right decisions. So it's up to us as parents but to get involved. You were saying when we were before we started the show that you thought, well, the mom going and calling could cause more issues for the daughter it could but after weighing the options i feel like the mom should say something okay so let me share my story yeah so i was about 13 or 14 years old and there was a big oh actually how old are you in the eighth grade you're like 14 15 so like there's i think it well at least with my school um you're like 13 14 yeah 13 14 and then i think when you go to freshman high school you become right 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 so anyway so there was a big dance okay so there was the awkward years for me (laughs) or maybe i was fine and everybody else was awkward i don't know we've got to post pictures from eighth grade oh i thought i was pretty fabulous but anyway (laughs) i don't know i was in my head i was which is what got me through but i was so excited to be invited to this big party that this woman, um, this girl, Wendy, whatever her last name, Wendy and Margie, they were like the two cool girls. Oh my God, Wendy and Margie. One was blonde, when Wendy was blonde, and the other was brunette. So anyway, they were having this big party, and everybody cool was going, okay? Love it. And they were like total list Nazis. But I was invited to this party. Oh my God, it took me like two weeks to pick my outfit. <laughs> I mean, I had laid it all out. Every day I would check on it. When I came home from school, my outfit still there I'd add little accessories and pieces to it I had like laid out a new hairbrush you know I bought some fresh hair gel like no 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 it was like my big coming out party like I'm invited to the big eighth grade party this is it I made it all the struggle and all this shit in the past I'm going to the big party 
No, really. I was ready for it. So that Friday night, this guy Rodney Puncelon, I will never forget, my sister dated his cousin, Will John Puncelon. <laughs> I know, right? I love the name. Isn't that something? Yes. So um, Rodney was going to come pick me up with his, you know, his mom was going to drive. They were going to come pick me up. So um, I was starting to get ready for the party. I'd come home from school and I was starting to get ready for the party and the phone rang and I answered the phone and I just heard like a lot of <sighs> giggling and <laughs> is this Paul? And I said, yeah. And then they were like, um, there was a mistake. Um, you're really not invited to the party. <gasps> oh and I'm like, God. what? And then, and then the, these were girls. And then a guy got on the phone and he says, Yo, dude, you know, you can't come to the party. Yo, no, 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 there's no way. No, you can't come, no. And they just oh kind of, like, God. laughed and hung up the phone. So I was devastated. Oh. I was freaking devastated. And I just remember, like, going down from my room all the way down to the basement. And um, well, not all the way down, like, a couple floors down to the, like, laundry room. <laughs> and I sat next to the dryer. I remember the dryer was hot and I like <laughs> I leaned down and I sat next to the dryer. Anyway, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't Aww. equipped for this. So the doorbell rang. It was Rodney. And I heard my mom. My mom went to the door. Okay. And she says, Oh, hi, Rodney. Let me go get him. I, I don't know what he's doing. And she came down to the laundry room and she opened the door and I was just in a ball, you know. But I was I wouldn't tell her what was wrong. And I right. said, I'm not going. You know, and she's like, what? Well, Rodney's here. What are you? I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. Tell him I'm not going. So she went back upstairs, and then she says, oh, Rodney, I don't know what to tell you, but I, he's not going. And he's like, he's not? And I just remember we lived on a big hill, and I looked out the front window, and I watched Rodney, like, run down to his car and get in his car. And as he drove away, I don't remember ever crying that hard oh as a kid. Oh, my God. It ever, is ever, such ever. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's But I'm terrible. going to say something. I don't remember my mom really trying to get to the bottom of what was going on because I think that my mom love loves me and loved me so much that for me to almost tell her was too much for her to take. Oh, right. she like just she'd wanted be it so heartbroken. Like she she made me a nice meal. You know what I mean? Right. She would just like to like kind of move past things like that. Right. Do Instead you know? of yeah. Now yeah. the difference of me being a parent now, having been through that, is no, no, no. I'm getting to the bottom of all this shit. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to the party. Oh, you going to the party? We going to the party? <laughs> you know what I mean? Put your shit on. Slick down your hair. Get in the Cadillac. We rolling. <laughs> Tell me where Wendy lives. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of father I would be. They definitely don't want to see me. Okay? It would be a good thing you don't have a kid. Oh, we rolling. No, oh, we going to the party. We going. Okay? By hook or by crook, we showing up at the party. So, I love that, Paul. So I feel, I feel that although it was painful... I, I don't like to live in the past, and I don't live in the past. Right, but, but that was a big moment. I would moment. have liked to have been able for my mom to have pulled that out of me. Right. So I could have told her, you know, how hurtful that was and exactly what happened. So I just buried it. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, and that does stay with you. That, that stays with you. Yeah, So absolutely. no, this mother should get to the bottom of it, see what's going on. I love and that. And see which of those other parents are a part of the problem and who wants to be a part of the solution. A hook or by crook? By We're hook done. or by crook, we rolling. <laughs> 
to the motherfucking party, okay? Oh, my God. You guys, I think we'll hear a lot from you about this. So you can always email us, Sarah at HeyFrage.com and Paul Wharton style uh, at Yahoo.com. But that story blew me away. I was like, oh, my God, what do you do? And then I think, oh, my God, if I ever have a kid, what the? how do you do these situations? They're crazy. But I like that. Just get yeah. in the Cadillac. We're going. Just get in the Cadillac. We're rolling. My mama had a Fleetwood Brome. It was a diesel, honey. We heard it coming all the way down the street. Have you ever seen the Medea movie? No, I need to see. I haven't seen one. Isn't that not how you know I'm white? I have not seen You've one. You've not seen Medea roll up in that Cadillac no. once. I gotta go watch all the Medea films. My right mother in 1981, she got a brand new Fleetwood Brome. I was four years old, and my dad came rolling up, and I knew every car's name. I was like, Mama, it's a Cadillac. No, we would roll up to the party. They would hear that diesel engine. Uh-uh. It would be over. For everybody better run. <laughs> oh, my God. I die. You crack me up. Um, all right. Some stories we want to talk about. So when you fly, Paul, and we all know, I mean, I don't even know if this actually applies to you because you usually no, fly private. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> all right. When you used to fly uh, commercial. Oh, no, I fly commercial now. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, great. You're back from the uh, jet set. Well, I, I mix it up, but <laughs> I don't want to estrange anybody. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to be yourself. Uh, what do you usually take? Do you take the aisle seat or do you take the window seat? Okay, well. Because <laughs> the psychologist says that this says a lot about you. Things. Okay, let's see. Uh, when I use, no, I'm just kidding. No, when I fly to Cleveland, you know, I do those express jets. So everybody's in one class. So, you know, you just. Oh. But and then are there, wait, is there like a seat on each side? Well, there's like a, a row with one seat, and then on the other side, there's two seats on the other side. So I mean, I prefer the window always. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I always sit in the window too, which yeah. basically means that we're selfish assholes. <laughs> so of course, of course, you and I both like the window. We want the armrest and the window. Okay. Oh my yeah. god, a psychologist basically says that people who sit in the aisle are friendlier. They're social. They might be more nervous about flying, and they don't want to bother anyone by saying, "Hey, would you mind? I have to go to the bathroom." People who sit next to the window have no problem asking people, hey, uh, do you mind moving? I need to go to the restroom. They're also usually more selfish. They're less anxious. They enjoy flying. And they're more confident in disturbing others. Mm, I don't know about all that. You don't, but I really do legitimately. Really? That's us to a T. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't like to tell people to move, you know, to get out of my way because I have to go pee. (laughs) You don't? Oh, I don't no. mind that at all. No, no. I'm I like, don't. please, you're on a. I mean, you know where you're sitting. I don't mind at all. I mean, come on. Now, how far will you go? Like- I'll wake people up. <laughs> I don't give a damn. I mean, all I try to do is, uh, of courtesy is yeah. like when I get on the flight, I try to go to the bathroom before sure. we take off. Mm-hmm. And then people like, you know, I'm sitting in there or whatever. And I usually try to go when they're doing drink service. So people kind of hear the drink service or they're being interrupted. And then after drink service, I, I usually just try to hold it until landing. Okay. Unless I really have to go. Well, I got to tell you, I was flying from LA and this guy next to me was like, oh, passing gas the whole time it was the worst experience i've ever had i could not and he told me his name was jim like in the beginning of the flight because we were nice to the beginning you know i was like hi i'm paul you know you're my neighbor he's like hey i'm jim you know we talked a little bit and then like you know about mid i was taking a nap and i'm like what is this rumbling i feel i felt some rumbling and i just the smell was horrible finally i just said jim 
I'm gonna need you to pull your situation together. And he was like, sorry, man. I don't know what I don't know what I ate. Oh. Like I just can't quite get it together. He could not <laughs> hold in those parts. It was horrible. Oh my god. Is, no, it was I was devastated. That is disgusting. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh my god, I can't even believe you said something. I give you a ton of credit for that. I was pissed off because for some reason I can never want to, you know, I make my, my reservation at the last minute. So oh, this sure, flight yeah, yeah. had no, um, you know, and the reason why I upgrade and stuff, cause I have a lot of miles. Okay. So let's just put it there. Right. So you always get a good upgrade. You get I usually yeah, upgrade. You but want. there was no upgrade situation. Like first class was completely sold out because everybody in LA is special and whatever, you know? Right. So, um, I was sitting with Jim. He was farting. It was horrible. <laughs> I just, I just, I, it was just awful. It was awful. And I always keep an emergency Xanax just in case like the plane goes down. Oh, so you just pop that. I right just before. pop that, and I'm like, ah, I had a good life. Okay, well. <laughs> I mean, I almost popped my emergency Xanax because of Jim's farts. I mean, it was horrible. Oh God, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. Just such a small, close quarters. Um, all we've been talking about, you know, of course, is Me Too. People have been very brave and sharing their stories. Now, did you hear the AMC actress who claims that former President George H.W. Bush groped her from his wheelchair during a screening this week? Heather mm. Lind, who starred in uh, Washington Spies, detailed her accusations in a lengthy and since-deleted Instagram post on Tuesday when she said she was disturbed after seeing a photo of President Obama with a 41st president. Quote, I found it disturbing because I recognize the respect each president are given uh, for having served, and I feel pride and reverence toward many of the men in the photo, but when I got the chance to meet George H.W. Bush four years ago to promote a historical television show I was working on, he sexually assaulted me while I was posing for a similar photo, Lynn, 34, right? Wrote, he didn't shake my hand. He touched me from behind from his wheelchair with his wife, Barbara Bush, by his side. He told me a dirty joke. And then all of the while being photographed, touched me again. Barbara mm. rolled her eyes as if to say, not again. Mm. His security guard told me I shouldn't have stood next to him for the photo. He's come out and apologized, by the way. Were you shocked to hear that? I was like, this old dude from his wheelchair? Mm. I guess once a pervert, always a pervert. I mean, you know, I guess you start talking about the privilege. Is it presidential privilege? Because I think she went on to say that, you know, they told her to call him Mr. President. Yeah, yeah, the, she, sec- she does, yeah. His security, his Secret Service guy said you shouldn't have, you know, stood right next to him. So, I mean, maybe he's got a little reputation. I, I know. Can you believe? I just have been so blown away. Like, all these men, uh, you know, th- that people have come out. And Corey Feldman came out again today. He says that he's going to get ready at some point once he gets all his legal ducks in order to name the men that have essentially kept a pedophile ring going oh, in God. L.A. Isn't it shocking? It's like, what the fuck? Aren't there enough uh, consensual adults who want to mm. have sex with you? You think it just becomes all about power? Like, it's just like you want to, once you become rich, powerful, what you want to just see how far you can push it or you think these people are just sexual deviants i don't know mm, i think a little mix of both but let me tell you about his old his old ass i would have popped that shit out of his hand they would have heard his knuckle crack a mile away no really no if he just put his old arthritis ridden hand up my skirt i know i would have crunched it no really Come on. I don't believe you. And he isn't denying it. President Bush would never, under any circumstances, intentionally cause any distress. And he most sincerely apologizes if his attempt at humor offended Miss Lynn. That was from a Well, he wasn't acknowledging the touch. He was acknowledging the joke. The joke, right. The joke. Yeah, so, you know, But I doesn't don't know. deny it. Isn't, isn't sure. basically saying that that part wasn't true. And when do you give people a pass? How old do they have to be to give them a pass? Or do you never? Do you oh know, like, God. something like that, like, um... 
I don't know. Well, I think the wheelchair part kind of makes me go, well, but I don't know. I mean, people can be mad. I'm joking about that. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, here we go. I told yeah, you. Yeah, you know, people getting mad at us lately about speaking our opinion. Now, wait a minute now. Because we can't be, look, we have a job, people, outside of this where we have to, like, toe the line. Don't make us toe the line on here. We are not towing our I want to be here. really honest with people. I want to have fun in some things I'm joking about and some things I get serious about and talk, tell all my business. But I want to be able to do that without people. I mean, certainly share your opinion. But we've been getting these emails of people saying, you know, I don't think you're being sensitive about sexual harassment. I don't think you're being sensitive about, the, you know, racial issues. I don't think you're being sensitive. And we're just like, wait, wait, stop. <laughs> That is not why we're doing a fucking podcast. We're doing a podcast so I can say a fucking podcast. I know. I agree with you. People are going to be offended. You know, I try to respond to as many emails as I can that we get. And uh, and, and even when you and I had our blow up and people were like, Mm -hmm. oh, Paul's right. You're wrong or whatever. Well, that was... You know, oh, you like the that people were because I mean, you only got out of the hundreds and hundreds of emails we got, there's only one person that agreed. Yeah, with and you. thank you, thanks for the one email. I appreciate. I, I hung on to that one. I started to feel bad for you myself. Thanks. Where was your email? I was gonna write you one myself and say, "Well, you're not so bad." I just feel like people yeah. are gonna. I don't know when we got so sensitive, but it's like a super sensitive, and I don't and. I understand. Like, look, we've talked about this. I don't feel like I've ever really been sexually assaulted. Thank God. And I never suffered sexual um, trauma as a child. I was never sexually abused. I was never abused. So I don't know what that's like. And it's clear that it's an epidemic. So many kids go through that. And I don't know what the hell is wrong with people, why they're wired to, like, be attracted to kids or, um, or... You know, these women that say that these men, I mean, my God, this other woman came out this week and says that Harvey Weinstein ripped out her tampon and then raped her. Yeah, it's like crazy. And how he's not in jail. I don't know how the hell he's not in jail. Well, I got sexually harassed by a taxi driver. (laughs) Let me tell you about these taxis. Do you even know anymore? I don't know. And and that's the thing is I want to be inappropriate on this podcast, too, because we talk about sex and, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to, you know dildo in here or whatever right I don't well this is kind of a, an issue that that runs pretty rampant in the taxi community and i very rarely take taxis because you know we're all like taking lift lift and uber, uber yeah so when i get in this taxi the other day this happens all the it's like they read out of a manual okay so i get in the taxi first of all he has to um use a piece of rope to tie the trunk down first issue okay i'm like who has been on the inside of this trunk trying to kick it open all right so i was a little suspect but you know we're just going over from like 16th street to 7th street we get to ride oh so um um where are you going are you going on a date no i'm not going on a date oh do you you got girlfriend no i don't have girl oh oh, you have wife (laughs) sir (laughs) sir look I've been down this road. I already know what you're going to say. I don't have wife. I don't have girlfriend. I don't date women at the moment. You know, at least not that I come out about. Oh, you got boyfriend? No, I don't have a boyfriend. You like boy? Yes, I like boy. Oh, I know another boy that like boy. He like me. You like me? No, sir, I don't like you. Turn left on 7th Street and drop me the fuck off. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like... Well, that was like, do you call that harassment? But I'm not calling the the, the uh, taxi commission. I mean, I, and I'm not minimizing anybody else's thing. Because I know. It's the thing. I I'm don't know grown, what to say anymore. And I'm kind of a hardcore kind of guy. Like, I mean, I can mm-hmm. navigate this world. Yeah. 
I I'm a man. I feel the same too, way. I feel the same way. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's just like little things like that. And the guy, I mean, and he was a little bit more than what I'm sharing. Like he was, you know, like, oh, I like to fuck and all that shit. You know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> See, but my problem is when people do that to me, yeah. then I start messing with them back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just terrible. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you like to fuck? I like to fuck, too. <laughs> I fuck hard. Oh, my God. You want to see my dick? And then, like, then, 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 then they usually drop me off. You know, like, that's the reaction I get. That's what I always oh do. Like God. when when guys like on the radio or whatever would send yeah. me dicks, I'd be like, "What a gorgeous <laughs> cock! You want mine?" And then they never responded back. I was like, "Oh well." So you give as well as you get. See, there's a thing. Right. I always mess with people, but I understand right. that not everybody is like finds it funny. Sure. You know. And again, I've never been in a position where I truly thought, "Oh my God, I'm about to get raped. I'm about to get." I've never been. I, I one time put myself in a really bad situation drinking and thankfully the guy was really respectful but that was like the only time and i was more like why would you do that wow you know i mean and he was very good but i'm like oh my god anyway there's enough people out there that want it um you know and it's consensual yes. where you really don't have to and it, I'm, taking, I, I look, agree. I, I'm sharing this from personal experience <laughs> you really don't have to so if you're out there harassing people stop it mm-hmm. stop it right now because you don't have to. Because there's enough people, you know, you make enough rounds around this town, you're going to find somebody that wants to go back to the house. With Hop you. on Craigslist Casual Encounters. There's Ooh. so many people looking. Jesus. <laughs> Y'all still doing that, huh? See, the gay guys have oh. grinder. Oh, right, or grinder. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, how do you feel about this? A woman says she spent $55,000 to look like a Bratz doll. Oh, if you Jesus. were going to spend money on plastic surgery to look like somebody else, is there anyone that you, you know, we've got the human Ken doll, um, and now she wants to be known as the human Bratz doll. You think she looks like one of those Bratz oh, dolls? God. She just looks. These Bratz dolls, you know, I don't have kids, so you're like, I don't, I don't, uh, no, 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 no. That idea? No, lady. No, lady, no. Here are the Bratz dolls. You know, these dolls, I don't know. These mm. things look so like mini hookers. So big lips and, and little nose. I mean, <laughs> yes. so, yeah, they look like pretty much everybody else that has plastic surgery, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she says $55,000 and she's not going to stop. She says that, um, you know, she really wanted uh, to look more like a Bratz doll. And she's also transgender, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, so she has bum plants, nose job, jaw slimming procedures, and a desperate quest to continue to look like a, a Bratz doll. Well, I think to each Lord. his or her own. I think people should be able to do what they want to do. The only thing that I know just from being in the beauty business yeah. is that you'll never really achieve that through plastic surgery. You know? I, yeah. I think people should do exactly what they want to do but I think that there's a myth out there that you can pay a doctor to make you look like some like this thing that you want him, you know, you want to look like a Ken doll or a Barbie and you're going to look perfect and flawless. You're going to look like you've been all cut up, pumped up, oh. deflated you know, and Whatever else. I mean, it just it's just not that seamless and flawless. Jolene Dawson is her name. And, yeah, she says she's not stopping until she achieves her ultimate beauty. Um, you know, we, we were just talking about, like, sexual assault and trauma. Um, scientists say they're getting close to erasing memories in snails oh. that could eventually translate to humans. Um, a new study of snail neurons suggests that it's possible to wipe out specific memories. And scientists think that a drug could be developed to do the same for humans in the future. If you had had any sort of something traumatic that was very painful and you had the option to take a pill or go in and be rewired, would you? Mm, 
I haven't had any of that happen yet in my life. Nothing knock on could, wood. Nothing oh. I couldn't handle. If I witnessed 9-11 and I was there, right. um, if I witnessed a horrible murder or something like that, then potentially, I mean, potentially, but there's nothing that has happened to me that hasn't made me stronger, you know, even if it was a terrible tragedy. I mean, that's what, that would be my question to scientists is like, okay, so we're getting ready to maybe like, okay, be able to, um, rewire somebody so they forget something tragic. You're in a terrible accident. Mm -hmm. You're in Mm 9-11. You see all that. You know, you were there at Las Vegas or something Mm -hmm. and you become absolutely like you paralyzed with fear. But doesn't, right, isn't that the adversity and those moments that make you realize what like life is all about and you have either that moment of, okay, am I going to choose to be a good human in this world Mm -hmm. or am I going to let this take over? You know what I'm saying? Like, What do you think is going to happen if we can really rewire people? Yeah, and I hate to equate everything to either the Golden Girls or the Kardashians, but um, <laughs> in keeping with my tradition, <laughs> but, on the latest episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Let's go with what we no, know. No, but actually, you know, Kim Kardashian talks about the Paris robbery and how as traumatic as that was, it made her a better person. It made her a person that wants to spend more time with her kids, more valuable time with her kids. It made her a person that doesn't value the diamonds and the this and the that as much as she did before. She, in right. a sense, she said it kind of snapped her back into reality and what is really important in life. So, you know, you may think that, oh, I want to forget that, but it actually, for a lot of people, those really rough times, um, you know, <clears throat> help you help well, make them scientists and researchers also say that they want to use it less to get rid of your memory, but more to stop triggers. So it could be used in like, okay, say you were robbed or say like you were mugged near a mailbox. So they want to rewire your brain. So every time you see a mailbox, you just don't automatically think of that mugging. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think it would be good? I don't know. I feel like once you start no, messing I with this stuff, start losing other stuff too. It's like, where am I? Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply 
of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for Her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Yes, I think it's... I mean, I think you would lose some other things, too, that you might want to remember. I think it's really scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You never watched the documentary on Netflix, Making a Murderer, did you? I did. I didn't get... Yeah, I did, did? actually. I watched the first season. Oh! Awesome. Okay, so so you know Stephen Avery and um, his nephew Brendan Dassey still remain in jail for the uh, alleged. So I saw season one. Oh, okay. You haven't seen season. No, I didn't see season two. Okay, well, Stephen Avery's attorneys came out this week um, and say that they have new evidence that is going to prove that Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey had nothing to do with the actual murders. They go on uh, into detail. They say new evidence allegedly connects Hallbox's ex-boyfriend, Ryan Hillegas, with the crime scene. Hillegas was in possession of her day planner from which he tore a page, giving to a friend of Hallbox, who in turn handed it over to police on November 3rd. Uh, Dennis Coakley claims she spoke to Hallbach on the phone around 11.35 a.m. on October 31st, the day she died. Hallbach was driving an R, a RAV4 vehicle at the time and made notes in her day planner. The attorney says this evidence with the day planner was in the vehicle when Hallbach was killed and the fact that it ended up in Hillegas's possession would have linked him to the crime scene. Mm. They also go on to say that new forensic testing of a bullet fragment found in Avery's garage, which is alleged to have had entered and exited Hallbach's skull, contained quote, no particles consistent with bone. Meaning that 
that had was not the bullet fired. So anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Those two remain in jail, and I don't know if that story is unreal. But Sarah, you host the Mansion Murder podcast. Yes, I'm working so on that true crime. Yes. Aren't you able to drive the narrative, though? Can't you make the story? I mean, I'm not saying this is what Thanks you do. Thanks a lot. No, no but I mean. That's for, what people are saying online. Okay, no, but for a documentary film or series like this, for a docuseries like Making a Murder. Yep, yep. Um, can't. The producers drive the narrative and make you believe whatever you want to believe. Like, see, I don't know. I guess you could, but I don't think these people are doing that. I don't think the two women that are doing making the murderer are doing that, and we're certainly not. I think what people don't realize is that, like, and I'm sure the making the murderer women had to do this too. Everything that we publish, everything that I've published through this Mansion Murder podcast has to go through legal. Mm -hmm. And these attorneys are very, very thorough. They're doing their job. They're playing devil's advocate. So lots of times, like in the Mansion Murder one, for example, there's other stuff I know. Mm -hmm. There's other stuff that is, would look favorable or not favorable to both sides. But I have to be able to prove that. And I have to have people and sources that are going to say, you know, yes or no to it. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, I think, and we ran into this with mansion murder, you have the Manitowoc County um, Police Department who probably did make major fuck-ups. They don't want to work with the Netflix or the producers. So therefore, silence ends up making you look guilty. And I think lots of times in these cases, and we're dealing with that now in the mansion murder ones, if people aren't willing to come forward and go, look, even even to say on record, I can't talk to you, but mm-hmm. more could come out, or we are exploring these things, then you shut down immediate rumors. But these police departments and attorneys and everything go, nope, nope, we're not going to say anything. And then it just makes it look like... Okay, because I remember when I watched season one of Making of a Murderer. Is it yes, Making of making, a Murderer? Um, making a Murderer. Making a Murderer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I watched season one, everybody was like, oh my God, this is horrible. They need to get out of jail. And then I saw season, I didn't watch season two, but I, I started to hear people's kind of perspective change a little bit. Yeah, well, now, well, I think, I mean, season two did make it seem like, boy, it's awfully <laughs> coincidental that Stephen Avery didn't do this. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're like, damn, did this dude really like... I mean, he gets out of jail, right, by like a miracle, and then he really commits another murder? Mm. Well, he didn't commit the first murder. He was he was innocent in that. I don't know. I mean, I think, because the theory was in the second episode or the second season of Making a Murderer is that um, Stephen Avery's relatives did have something to do with it, okay. which it seems like that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you're going to look at Stephen Avery. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of a fascinating. Uh, Look, we work with some great sponsors, and Mervis has an awesome event coming up. We work with Mervis Diamonds. We're going to be hosting another event with them uh, coming up in December. But before that, they're doing a really good event. Yeah, they're doing a holiday preview event. So, you know, this is the gift to give something glamorous. It's happening November 11th and 12th at two of their stores, actually, at the Rockville store um, on Rockville Pike and at their Tyson's Virginia store on Mervis Way. You can check them out at MervisDiamond.com or on one of our blogs, Paul Wharton Style, or Hey Phrase. That'd be a fun time. What are you going to get me? Perfect. Oh, I'm going to get you a bracelet, I think. No, you... You know what? I think we should do a... You need a necklace. Oh, yes. I feel like you were trying on... That's beautiful. Where's that from? Is that like Cartier? This is from Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh, my God. That's gorgeous. I don't know what the line is, but yeah. 
That's adorable. I know. A Rolex for Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I say something yeah, to these people yeah. that have been listening to me talk about these, you know, long distance relationships that I've had? Yes. So I'll tell you. Okay, so the guy um, from Don't Brussels my, and Rome, you guys, she's scratching her tits like, like crazy. I know, I know. Is What's that like a sign on? of something weird? Oh God, I don't know. I, I know. Not. Sorry, well, I'm just going to feel have... my nipple. Why is that my one nipple itching really like a lot? I don't know, but kid, is it okay? I think it is. Okay. Anyhow, so my birthday. Okay, so has anybody ever been dating someone or have you been dating someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see what um, Dan did. Okay. Where it, your birthday is coming and you don't want to be disappointed by what they give you or what they don't give you, so you just warn them a lot. Okay, yeah. So this person I'm seeing who lives in Brussels and Rome, you know, I wanted to make sure, okay, do you have all my addresses? You know, I have an office. I have a house. I'm, uh, you know, I sent you all my addresses, <laughs> you know? And he's like, okay. He's like, why does he keep sending me all these different addresses? Well, just you can send it to any one of these addresses yeah. and I can get it. Um, and then um, I kept saying, my birthday's in a week. Uh, he said, I know your birthday's in a week, but it's not today. And I'd say, my birthday's in four days. I know your birthday's in four days, but it's not today. <laughs> so on my birthday, okay. I'm like calling my doorman. I'm calling the people at my office. Like, hey, look, is there just, there's going to be some flowers. <laughs> They're going to be thick. Okay. <laughs> Don't let the delivery man come. Make sure you send them to my, to my, um, to my apartment. <gasps> Do you know? Cause okay. I, like I just knew something was coming somewhere. Okay. Do you know? At about 6 o'clock in the evening, which is 12 o'clock midnight his time, I call all my pe- doorman at the, my office, place. I call everyone. office. Look, are you sure everybody's packing up? You know, I hear them pushing in their drawers and shit. Like, everybody's ready to go. Ain't nobody seen a flower the first, okay? <laughs> so, I send homeboy a message like, so let me just understand this exactly. Like, no flowers on my birthday? It was a big birthday. Yeah, big, you know, huge. No flowers. And he says, I didn't have your address. So then I go and screenshot the <gasps> two times I sent him the address. And then he says, you are right. Now, he had said what on my mean? actual birthday, he had sent me all these, oh, happy birthday and the little emojis and all that bullshit, you know, but no actual gift. So anyway, so I let a couple days pass and I didn't say anything. So then he reaches out like, oh, are we you know, something wrong? Or, And I said, yeah, yes. to be honest. Yeah, my expectation is that on my birthday, and it was a really big birthday, you would send flowers or something, you know, to me for my birthday. And he said, well, since my mom died in May, it was too painful for me to buy flowers since the funeral. What you going to say to somebody that says some shit like that? Oh, my God. That's like the worst thing. I feel like he's giving you the ultimate, I don't know. Now I'm feeling like this guy's full of shit. I mean, that's like... But he could have bought you a million other things. He could have sent you wine. He could have sent you champagne, something from Brussels. I don't know. Something European. He could have written me a check. He's fucking rich. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just like, okay, no to the flowers, but shall I send my checking and routing? I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) What's it going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like so, you're really funny though because I learned this about you with your birthday party. Like mm-hmm. you do expect people in your life Absolutely. to give you something. Absolutely. Do you feel like maybe you should just like you know in the, on your 41st birthday like give up those expectations? Like maybe you just shouldn't anticipate because I know there were moments in your ber- past couple of birthday week or so, and it was a big one, mm-hmm. but that you were disappointed with how friends kind no, of reacted. No, I don't expect them to give me something like a gift. I expect them. 
to show me in some way through effort or some kind of way, come outside of themselves in their normal daily routine and show me how much this relationship means to them. Because I spend all year working on my relationships with my friends, make sure, making sure that I'm there for them when they're going through anything, showing up even when they're not going through something, I show up anyway, you know, right. just when I, and it's always in the nick of time. And sometimes that's me giving them gifts, but more than that, it's my time and my effort. Right. So that's what I expect. Not for people just to show, oh, happy birthday. You want a beer? No, I don't fucking drink beer. <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> and you knew it my birthday. You know so, I mean? But you had said, too, that you thought you were going to do some cleaning house of friends. Do you feel like, like, like what's, what's, where do you go yeah. with this guy who didn't acknowledge your birthday? I mean, he acknowledged it, but didn't give you a gift. Well, I mean, I'm a little icy at the moment. But do you think I, you should just, like, not have anything to do with him? Or do you think? No, I don't need to do that. And first of all, I think I told you this before. I stop telling people that I don't deal with anymore that I'm not dealing with them. I don't do that anymore. You just kind of let I it. used to say the only time I want to tell, like, if you and I were in having a moment, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what the fuck is your problem, Sarah? Let me tell you about you. I, the only reason I would do that is because I want you to fight for it. I want to work it out. If I get into that with you, other than that, if I'm done, you don't even know that I'm done. I'm just done. Hey, I haven't heard from Paul Warden in a while. Heard from him? You know, you might send me a text. I might say, "Hey, girl, how you doing?" Oh, we'll see each other soon. Are you going to show up for the show? Are you like, (laughs) what's going on? No, but you know, if if you want somebody to, if there's passion there, then you know, you'll you'll put all that stuff out there because you want somebody to fight for the relationship and, and keep moving. Now, this guy, I'm not necessarily done with him because I think he's a good guy, and I do respect the fact that he was very close to his mother, and I understand sure. that. But I do think that he could have done something else. If flowers, you know. If that was a, a sensitive kind of area for him, he could have done something else. And I do have an expectation. And, but that's weird that you kind of told him and he still didn't send anything. Like, I mean, I can remember my old boyfriend, Ed, who was like older. And one time for my birthday, he tried to give me like framed baseball tickets. And I was like, <laughs> you almost oh. and I was like, um, was he, uh, to this a game isn't a gift that, was... that we went to. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, and it that's wasn't like thing. our first date. It was like just a random, maybe it was our first Yankees game or something. Well, I'm really clear with people that I'm, with men that I'm dating about what what generosity means. Okay, so if you have to go, that's not being generous to me. Mm. Do you know? Like, if you are buying something, like a ticket to an event or um, a vacation, and you go... I don't really count that as you being generous right. because I'm a good time. Like, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. I keep that party going. Like I'm going to be a fun person to go on vacation with. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're just paying for a good time. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let the emails roll. But that's the way I feel. Like somebody that is being generous with someone that they care about is like, I'm giving you something that I have nothing to do with. Like you go, you enjoy it. It's just for you. Oh, my God. You're hysterical. You have to let me know what people say. Okay. I mean, I feel like everyone listening wants your self-confidence of just like, no, you're going to buy this because I'm bringing you the good time. Right. I'm like, you know, if you want to talk about a vacation that's, uh, you know, you being generous and you send me and like my friends on a plane and we go somewhere and we have fun now. If you gotta go, it does not count toward you being generous. I I will go with you, right? But it's not gonna count towards. Oh, he's so generous. He took us on vacation, but he went. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm sorry. That's the way I work it out. Maybe that's why I'm still single. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to hear about it for sure. Uh, There's a couple more stories, too, we want to get to. But also we want to announce we're very excited um, as this podcast grows that we are working with DC Lottery. They're our newest partner. And they're also running a great handbag scratcher right now. So um, we're excited to have DC Lottery on. Ladies. As you know, a great outfit can totally define your look. And a beautiful designer handbag can take that outfit up a notch. So how would you like to win a luxury brand handbag to enhance your wardrobe? Well, play the new handbag scratcher from the D.C. Lottery. Not only can you win cash prizes of up to $10,000... But enter the second chance drawing and you have a chance to win one of seven luxury brand handbags or cash prizes to help you pick out your own new bag. Play the handbag scratcher today and you just might win that handbag you've had your eye on. Visit your local D.C. Lottery retailer and ask for the scratcher that looks like a handbag. Only from the D.C. Lottery, where lots of people win. Okay, so a couple other stories I wanted to ask you about. Um, Justin Timberlake had announced just a couple days ago that he is going to be the headline entertainer for Super Bowl, um, whatever it is, 52, 53, 50, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, who cares? Um, So anyway, my thing is, though, everybody is fired up. Will Janet Jackson, do you think he is going to have her on with him? If he's smart. How can he not, right? I feel like this is probably like not even a story worth talking about because she's definitely coming out, right? Don't you think there'd be huge backlash? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I remember after the big controversy, Nipplegate, I mm-hmm. believe it's referred to as. Um, after Nipplegate, Janet Jackson, who I've loved since I was 10 years old, used to play at the huge arenas. After Nipplegate, she was going on tour playing at like Constitution Hall. So for people that don't know in D.C., like that's like a smaller venue. Yep. She was doing like these much smaller venues. She used to do these big arenas. Well, anyway, now with her current tour, she's back. She's doing these huge arenas. She's selling out most of them. And I just think she's super hot. So for a couple of reasons, for one thing, she's doing a great show right now, and she would be a great performer. Oh, my God. And for the other reason, because of everything that's happened in the NFL, I just think it is a time that would really be kind of a sign of unity, and that would be a full circle moment, I think, for everyone. I mean, I think she has to come out, especially in light of, like, the whole thing with Me Too. I mean, I can't remember, like, watching that act and then, like, the cameras and everything after. I mean, it was such kind of a violent act, too, of him, like, sort of ripping at her boob, you know, and then it exposes her nipple and whatever. I mean, you know, I know they both were involved in kind of choreographing that to some extent. But, I mean, she has, I think, taken a lot more of the brunt of that whole incident. And so to not have her on, I think, would be, I mean, I, I... said this the other day, but I don't buy albums, but I would never buy his again. But let me ask you something. Did they ever really say what happened? Did they own it? Did they say that they planned it? Did they say it was an accident? Well, they claimed it was an accident, but they had rehearsed together, and they rehearsed this kind of like, um, I, I think her, okay, the way I understand it, I'm sure listeners probably know the story better. But I think, didn't she sort of have some sort of, like, kind of first layer of top or something? So he was going to, like, pull that off or whatever. But something was under there. Right. Right. And then the whole thing came off. Right. I think was how it went down. Okay. So... 
I, I don't think like either one of them, but I, you know, I don't know the whole story. Well, I'd love to see them together. I'd love to really just see her, but I mean, I like him too. They should definitely be there together. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, what do you think about this? You probably don't watch Jimmy Kimmel live. Do you watch that show at all? At late night? Jimmy Kimmel, I love him. You do? I love him. Oh, my God. Me, too. I do. I think he's fabulous. He's getting a lot of heat, though. Have you ever watched his Halloween prank where Jimmy Kimmel encourages parents um, to tell their kids that, oh, their uh, Halloween candy is gone the day after Halloween, (laughs) and then they record it? (laughs) And you have seen that? I think it's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) They ate all of your Halloween candy, and there's no more left. Oh, my God. These kids. Oh my god. <laughs> That's terrible. Do you think it is? Because a child psychologist says it's awful. He needs to stop this. Do you think it's true? It's gone! I ate it all! <laughs> I ate all your Halloween candy. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's hilarious. But you know, Sarah, we're talking I about candy. That's not like a big deal, You're you know? Just joking. Uh, no, I ate it all. <laughs> oh my god, the kid! <laughs> anyway, we can play these all day. So, do you think it's psychologically damning? Essentially, this week, a child therapist came out and wrote an op-ed, um, or wrote an article for the Washington Post, and says that Kimmel's Halloween prank is absolutely damaging to children, and that it actually creates in kids a lack of trust with their parents. You think that's true? No, I think it's getting kids ready for the bigger issues in life that are that are just. <laughs> the road, you know? Like, let's just start with candy and see how you take that. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're going to move on to goldfish and then, and then you know, uh, other stuff that happens in, in kids' oh, lives. Oh, I don't know how I feel because it is really... I'm sorry. I, I actually do think those were cruel. And the kids had funny reactions. I feel like they don't pick reactions where the kids, like, lose it totally. But the psychologist says that many kids will feel this particular prank is an emotional gut punch, a breach of their parents' love. When we consider that the sole aim of this betrayal seems to be the amusement of other people. In this case, millions of strangers watching on TV. We've got to question the value of the adults involved. Do you think it's that deep? I don't, but I hear their point. Oh, man, that's a tough one for Jimmy Kimmel. Like, Would you keep doing that prank? Things like that make me happy I'm not a parent. so many parent topics today. I mean, we've had so many parent topics. I didn't even want to do the one about, you know, should you punish your kids? Did you see that article about why you shouldn't punish your children if they lie to you? Like, were you punished for lying when you were a kid? Yeah. I, one time, I, okay, do you remember Chrissy Snow from Three's Company? No. Chrissy Snow, Suzanne Summers. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, got it. So she used to flip around in these, like, heels, like, that didn't have a strap on the back, like these little strapless mules, you know, whatever. So my mom had some beautiful, like, um, rhinestone heels, and they had a strap on the ankles. Well, I found myself downstairs in her closet. She had a big closet in the basement with a bunch of clothes and shoes. And I used to, you know, when nobody was looking, I'd flip around <laughs> for a couple minutes and then you know, I'd put everything back. Um, well, this one particular day, I decided I was going to flip around in one of her mini pairs of shoes, but they weren't quite like Chrissy Snow's. They had a strap on the back, so I took a pair of scissors and I cut the satin strap off the back of these heels. I flipped around for literally 30 seconds and I put them back and I threw the strap away. Got it. 
Little did I know, my mama was going to some inaugural, like, I don't remember what year it was, but those were the shoes she was going to wear with her dress. So when, when she went to pull out those shoes, all I heard was, <gasps> she didn't, she was so mad, she didn't even come for me or my sister. She called my dad. My dad came home. <laughs> she called your dad. I love it. My dad came home. And he was like, all right, now which one of y'all did this? Because I'm about to wear your little asses out. And I looked at my sister, and she looked at me. My sister said, he did it. I said, she did it. (laughs) And he wore our asses out. And we would go in a circle. Well, which one? She she was looking at me like, why are you doing this to me? And I'm like, you got to take one for the team. Because I so didn't even know happened? I was flipping around in the shoes. Right. What ended up? So what ended up happening? I lied. And, and, and did he, she get the? Did your sister take the fall for it? No, we both got our butts beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, this is uh, the psychology behind this is interesting too, and it basically says that if you punish your kids, you're actually encouraging them to lie and be even sneakier. And it essentially says that you need to talk to your kids about why telling the truth is important. You think hmm. that? I mean, I don't I, know I if that like, works. You don't think so? I, I kind of like this. They say model behavior. They say kids learn to lie from adults, even okay. little white lies, which mm-hmm. I think is probably true. And um, they say that. Uh, Where did that term come from? Little white lies. Lies that don't really mean much because they're told by white, white people. <laughs> so like a big black lie is like a big bad lie. <laughs> Probably. You know what? We need to Google that, too. We don't have any interns today, so we're actually, even though we have computers in front of us, we're completely <laughs> useless. We're like, hmm, where does that come from? Hmm, what about of, that? We do need a lot of support, right? We, do, we need a ton. We're like, <laughs> um, anyway, I'll have to Google that. Um, they say model behavior. Um, sitting around every night at dinner ta- at the dinner table and playing a game where every person has to tell a truth from their day can be a good way to start praising your kids. Oh, that's nice. Uh, de-emphasize punishment and uh, emphasize more about the moral aspect of it. They're unlikely to change behavior or develop the conduct you want. That does not mean ignoring, lying, or letting it go. Rather, use very mild punishment, um, lose loss of a privilege for a brief period of time. More severe, harsh, or enduring enduring punishments like shouting or taking away things for a week are not more effective and actually changing the frequency of lying. I believe that's true. I, I had to kind of stop myself when I got older and realized, why am I lying? Mm, yeah. I basically just lie because I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I just don't want to tell them no from the start. Well, I feel like, because, you know, I think a few years back I tried to get to the root of that. I'm like, okay, now let me try to cut this lying thing completely out. Oh, right, right. What is yeah. the thing that makes me lie? And the thing that makes me lie, I feel, is people feeling like they can ask me things that they really shouldn't be asking me. You know, and instead of me saying, like what? well, now I say that's not your fucking business. <laughs> or why are you asking me that? I mean, even things like. Um, oh, like whatever comes to like dating or finance no, just or anything. Or, okay. Anything that's not their business. Like, even when I'm out, I don't like people asking me where I like. They say, where do you live? In DC. Well, where? Oh. Uh, between Logan and um, DuPont Circle. Well, where? Motherfucker, like you know what I mean. Like the old me would probably say like a, a wrong street because I don't want to tell the person where I live. But sure. I would like, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying it's none of your business. <laughs> you know, so I would say, well, I live at uh, seventeen ten on Eighteenth Street. If you like to know, you know, like what's the point? So the new me says, well, I mean, that's all you get. Yeah. You know? So they say, um, 
Uh, they may ask about did you whatever relationships right. or one night stands or you know just that. listen I don't know you that well right so before you get me up in here lying mm-hmm. I'm just gonna tell you this mm-hmm. back up yeah and we're not there yet God yeah no I get it and, and then I'm, the lying has gone that. down yeah it does you have to really unlearn lying it's yeah. it's funny it's like almost you're we're almost all programmed to do it but I wonder if it's because you do get punished and and then you yeah. become sneakier with the lie because you know there'll be it's consequences preservation I guess it's kind of funny um yeah. one last really quick story uh, I thought this was mind blowing but Wall Street Journal says that um they have a career coach out with the signs that you're in trouble at work <laughs> and the whole story that they did I thought this was comical is that a lot of people are blindsided when they're fired. They don't realize that they're going to be fired or demoted. Do you think that's true? I feel like any time mm. there was conflict at work, like 107.3, the last job we had, when we were all, they were like going to switch formats, we were all fired, and then we were offered some different jobs or whatever. But we knew it was coming. Like people, it was like so obvious. And people were talking about it in the office. But I think people are, especially in our business, I mean, everybody's paranoid. I mean, you always think something's coming. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, actually, I don't anymore. And now I'm like, I just feel like the industry is changing so much. Like, and now I feel like it's all about what we're doing. It's all Mm -hmm. independent. I mean, that's where it's at. Like, whatever. I could go on a whole tirade about that. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, but I don't think that people always know. I think, I mean, we talked to somebody yesterday. Remember that came to my office and she was telling us about, you know, how she lost her job and everything was going great. She just got back from a big convention where she was the headliner for the whole big, you know, network that she worked for. Yeah. She was completely blindsided. I was like, really? Yeah. They said, come to HR. And then that was just like that. Well, here are the signs. They say your boss stops dropping by your desk with suggestions. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I find that funny, but like now that I'm my own boss, I don't know. I just, it's funny. Uh, you're left out of important meetings that you used to attend. Once friendly colleagues start to avoid you, okay. you're, you never get any feedback at all. You never ask for any feedback. You start comparing yourself to mediocre peers rather than stars. You're not sure what your boss cares about anymore. And lastly, you don't care what your boss cares about. Those are all signs that you are in trouble at work and you're either getting fired or perhaps different position on the way. Any of that happened to you? I don't really, I don't really. You're like, no, I've been my own boss for years. I don't (laughs) even know. Boss? What the hell's that? I know. It's been a minute. (laughs) Uh, Look, you can always see and follow us. Follow um, us on social media. It's Paul Wharton on Twitter. It's Paul Wharton Style on Instagram. Um, I've got two book signings this week. So tomorrow, guys, we fucked that podcast with two women, Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Paul's like, what? (laughs) And they call it, sorry about last night too, but uh, guys, we fucked podcast. It's the anti-slut shame. Wow. They okay. talk, uh, yeah, I was just listening to their show from this week where they were talking about shaving their own buttholes. And I was like, oh, how, do you, okay. how do you do that? Do you, don't you get waxed back there? Yeah. How do you, would you ever attempt to shave your own butthole? Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> In fact, we're not there yet. Don't get me to lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I can't wait. That is going to be tomorrow night at DuPont Circle. It starts at six. It starts about seven, but I think doors DuPont open around. Right? DuPont Underground, yeah. yeah. And I haven't been, you haven't been. Mm-mm. Did you realize that under DuPont Circle, there was this whole like train station and like there was a train that went from like up to like um not quite to woodley park okay. 
Okay. But sort of up Connecticut Avenue, went down Connecticut Avenue, and both a little bit Massachusetts Avenue, and it was its own train center there. Wow. Yes, and they're turning it into like a art space, talk space, and it's all like an underground. Very cool. Maybe I'll come by. Metro I'll stop. come by your event. Still tickets yeah. available for that. And then Friday night, Danny Starr, who's been on the podcast, she was on Tuesday's show. Uh, she has a book out, Empathy and Eyebrows. Um, I hope I get to host yours, Paul, one of your pods. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have a lot of practice. You certainly <laughs> will. You certainly will. Uh, so Danny's is invite only, but we're doing a giveaway on my Instagram, Hey Fresh. So that's where you can catch us. Um, everything is happening there. Mervis, I think we're in good shape, right? We're in great shape. Since we're talking so much book talk, if you guys really? want to pre-order my book on Amazon.com yes. right now, it's called Pulling It All Together, Essential Style Advice on Being Beautiful, Confident, and Most of All, Happy. Are you going to do a, an episode or a chapter on shaving your own butthole? Like, is, Ew! <laughs> <laughs> is there that oh, kind of advice? Like I do? I mean, come on. You got to, like, you need that one. You know what? Oh, so that's that, not no. in the book? All right. <laughs> All right. I love you. No, he's like, Sarah, my book is classic. <laughs> Bye, Paul. Bye, then. Bye, guys. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear every day? Hey, phrase. What's the phrase that you hear? Tune in, yeah, you gotta tune in. Sarah Frazier on the mic, and she about to begin. The co-host with the most on one looking fleek. Take it from me, you should be listening. Live from the nation's pop culture at its best.